it's a great day for some coffee and a chat in the greenhouse. So grab your cup and I'll see you there. An estimated 23 million miscarriages occur every year worldwide, translating to 44 pregnancy losses each minute. I share this with you to let you know that we are not alone. I don't want to share that with you to say, be scared that you're next. And that's what I don't. But I just want to say that as you can relate to this and um, whatever part of your healing battle that you're in right now, you're not alone. I remember the winter after my miscarriage being so dark and so silent still. I felt as if all signs of hope were gone from my life. God had talked to me before through his scriptures, through hummingbirds and all kinds of things, but I just felt like he had absolutely abandoned me. I want to read the scripture, Matthew 27, verse 46. And it says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? We see in the scripture, Jesus questioned God asking why he abandoned him. This reassures my soul in knowing that even Jesus felt isolation from God when he was to do the specific task that would change the entire world. He felt isolation and he asked, why did you abandon me? So why in our time of struggle should we feel differently? Why should when we go through some of the hardest times of our life, altering the path of our future and our children and anyone around us, why should our our relationship with God be loud if even Jesus himself experienced silence from God? He wants us to seek after him even when we can't hear him. That's what he wants. He wants us to even pray to him just like Jesus did on the cross when he felt that. He wants us to pray to him and ask him, where are you? What are you doing? Just speak to him and tell him like, why have you forsaken me, God? Why are you doing this? Why am I hitting my breaking point? In the moments that we realize that we can't carry this burden alone, that is the moment where God will scoop us up. Those points when they're so exhausting, you just want to tap out. That's where God is in those moments. He's there. He's just waiting to catch us when we collapse. The scripture, Luke 22, verse 42 says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Even Jesus asked to have his suffering taken away and he was perfect. So there's nothing wrong in asking God, please remove this misery from my life. Please, God, just take this away. But it's up to God ultimately to determine what is perfect and right in his eyes for our life. Jesus felt exhaustion and fear when he was looking at the cross, just like we look, feel exhaustion and fear when we look at miscarriage or difficulties or loss or loss of a spouse or loss of a friend. When we go through those things, God felt that. Jesus felt that. He even prayed for hours until his sweat turned to blood to ask, please let this suffering pass for me. But he remained sinless. This tells us it is okay to feel the many layers that loss and pain and suffering bring into our lives, but it's what you do with them that really matters. We see how Jesus asked, but he still said, yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. And that's what I want to say to God. Like, I want to beg him and be real. I want to be like, my life is terrible right now. Everything is just too hard and it's too big and it's too rough. And why are you doing this to me, God? But even if you do, I love you. I serve you. I choose you. And I want to be who you want me to be in my life. I want your will to be done for my life, God. And that's what we should say to him. 
even through our questioning, we still serve him, right? Because his ultimate plan is our destiny and it affects everything. God doesn't want us to be perfect. He wants us to be real. Now, he doesn't want us to be sinful and be like, well, I'm just real. I'm just really into this and I'm just really into that. He doesn't want that. That's not what I mean. I mean that he doesn't want perfection. There are pain. You don't have to sit there and smile through it. There's no problem with showing up around your friends and just crying and being yourself and just saying, I'm not okay right now. And this is why. And no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be miscarriage or loss. It can be anything. And you just being real, there's nothing wrong with that. I've always thought that God wanted me to try to be perfect and try to be better every single time that I went through a struggle. But when I realized that God didn't want my try the way that I thought he did, he just wanted my faith. It was a breakthrough. He wanted an unshakable faith in him that no matter what I felt at the moment, no matter how much I hurt, no matter how horrible it was, I trusted that he was working behind the scenes for a better future. There's no night so dark that God's glory can't manifest through it. This is so true. I have this in my book in chapter chapter 11, I think we're in. It's just a, such a good reminder of God is the brightest thing there is. So no, no matter how dark our moment is, God is the one that can bring healing for that. Because where He is present, there is no darkness. There is no darkness. He can fix that. He can, he can heal that. In Genesis 17, 17 and 19, it says, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to him, Shall a child be born to a man that is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after we see here how Abraham questioned and doubted God in the scripture. Yet even through his questions, God assured Abraham he would indeed deliver the promise and the timing he had established. Sometimes in life, just when we are ready to jump off of that cliff, God is there to catch us. And when we reach the point that we are so completely exhausted that we just want to tap in and say, I'm done. There's no way you're going to do this. That's where God wants us to be because he wants us to hand everything to him and let him take a hold of our lives. The Lord told Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, she will have a son. I've spoken in podcasts before about the significant scripture that was used and shown in my life over and over from Abraham and Sarah. Every single time that I found out I was pregnant, when I go to church, somehow that Sunday, my pastor would be preaching on it. He wouldn't even know that I was pregnant or what was going on. And I remember finding myself in such a familiar position, sitting on the toilet, staring at a pregnancy test where every single month and every single day that I'd taken them with my bulky bag of pregnancy tests from Amazon, it would be negative. And I remember sitting there just staring into my hands and watching the watermark go and the one line show. But this time, I remember a second line coming into view. As I gazed into my hands, slowly the first line coming into view, my heart rate doubled as I saw that second line appear. And it was a sure sign of a rainbow that I was holding in my hands that was now growing in my womb. I remember just bursting out in tears and praying to God, thank you, God, over and over that I knew my deliverance was coming, but I had this deep pit in my stomach and fear that this was going to happen to me again, that it wasn't going to be my rainbow baby, that I might lose it yet again. 
Over the next week, I took a ridiculous amount of pregnancy tests. I just took them nonstop over and over and over. And I needed that reassurance. I needed them lined up. I needed to know that everything was growing and everything was okay. And I remember going to church after I found out I was pregnant and making my way into church and sitting down as the preacher started preaching, hearing the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. And at the time of which God had spoken to him, my eyes locked with Brenton's as my pastor Marty started preaching that sermon. As he started reading that scripture, I looked at Brenton and was like, wow. I remember thinking like, okay, in this sermon, is she really going to have it? Or is this going to be like the storm when, when God told me he was going to take my baby? And I remember during that sermon, he was preaching on how God delivers the promises he gives and how he is faithful and how he is continually faithful in our life. And I remember just feeling that silence broken and that moment in my life where God had been separated that I felt like he was separated. I felt him as a blanket just setting on top of me, just like coming down and being like, I'm not being silent anymore. Like here, you have waited, you have done, you have been faithful, you have followed me, you have kept the faith. And here is your rainbow. Here is your promise. And the same scripture that I had read before, there it was. I share all these stories and not to magnify my own life and not to make my story any different or crazy or whatever than yours, but I share it because a lot of people don't believe that God still speaks to us today and delivers the messages. They just kind of think if you're a pastor, yeah, you hear God speak like that, but he's never fully shown himself to me or I've never connected miscarriage or infertility or having a baby or planting a garden or shopping or anything that you do in your daily life, work, motherhood, not motherhood, marriage. I've never connected the two with God. It's only ever been, I go to church on Sunday. I go home from church on Sunday. I go to church the next Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, I just live my life. And I want you to bring God home. And my purpose is to share these stories and be like, God can speak to you and God will do what he says. It's to push you to make a relationship with him. So in these moments, you realize them because I really, I really, really, truly believe that God communicates with you, but you might not notice it. And I really, truly believe that he's standing in front of you and he might be showing you signs. I've had a lot of people, if they've listened to my podcast, have they read the book and they reach out and they're like, I really prayed that God would send a hummingbird. And guess what? I saw one for the first time in my life. And I'm like sitting in this greenhouse right now. It's like three o'clock and I'm recording and it is hot in here and I'm actually sweating, but I have cold chills on me right now. I'm telling you these stories where when you realize the realness of God in your life, you can't deny it later. You can't deny it later. And that is my whole purpose in everything that I do is to push you to him so you can feel what I feel in my heart. Going through miscarriage is not the only trial I've ever been through. No, I've been through a lot. But you know what? It's just the one that I can explain in this segment of podcast that you can relate to your life and know that through that is healing and a relationship with Him like never before. Don't lose your faith. Don't cover up your flaws, brokenness, and exhaustion when pleading at the cross. Don't do it. Take it to Him. Take all the ugly to Him. I want you to be able to relate everything that I say to you to your own life and make your own story. 
Make your own relationship with God however it needs to be. But whenever you go to Him, don't cover up who you are. Don't get dressed like you're ready to go to church on Sunday and don't only worship Him at church. Worship Him on Monday when you stink. (laughs) When you're on the way home from work and you're tired, just talk to Him. Take those little moments to incorporate Him in your life. Because when He talks back, it's going to be memorable. When we look at the Bible, even Abraham and Sarah had seasons of doubting. When Sarah was trying for a baby for 40 years, she at many points, she had many moments and points in her life where she thought God was never going to answer that prayer. 40 years. But guess what? She kept the faith. Later, eventually, she ends up receiving that child that God gave her. And it says, Sarah, Abraham's wife, hadn't yet produced a son. She had an Egyptian maid named Hagar. Sarah said to Abraham, God has not seen fit to give me a child. Sleep with my maid. Maybe I can get a family from her. So back then, they couldn't do all the fertility treatments and things that we have now. So when Sarah gave up, she gave her husband another woman to sleep with and was going to raise that child as her own. That's some serious doubt in God right? He had already told them they would have a child, but she gave up and was like, no, I am not. This is never going to happen and you need a son. So you can just have a son with my maiden. A lot of times when we decide to give up on God, we give up right before the very moment that he's going to deliver. I've noticed that too in, in my lifetime. I've noticed that with other people and talking with them that when we get to that point of desperation and we just want to act out and work on our own, sometimes the very next day is when God had planned to give you what you were asking for. It's kind of like if you think about, I'm going to save my money and I'm going to get some name brand shoes. But then you just can't wait that three months to save up just enough to get the name brand shoes. So you just give in and get the other shoes. You know what I mean? It probably has nothing to do with that. But like, just like what comes to mind as far as um, waiting on something that you've been saving for. I think back so many times and wish that I could go talk to Sarah in this moment and just tell her, Sarah, your waiting is going to impact the entire world throughout eternity. As long as people are living on this earth, you're going to be in the Bible. You're going to be preached about. You're going to be spoke about. And people are going to share your story. And your son, Isaac, that God really is going to give you is going to have a lineage that leads to Jesus and saves the entire world. I wish that I could tell her those things and just be like, hold on. Hold on. God is honoring. God is doing the work behind the scenes. And you know what? I feel like someone's going to say that about me and you one day. I feel like when you get older, or even you would want to say that to yourself, when you get to a certain age and you look back and you think, man, if I could just go tell the younger version of myself where I am today and what God was going to do with my life or where I was going to be or who I was going to be married to or all the things that I worried about, how they actually turned out, I wouldn't have worried so much at that young age. And that's the lesson I feel like that we can learn from Sarah's story, this part of it, is the value of waiting on God and not losing faith in Him. Because later on, that son that Hagar, her maiden, has with her husband caused a whole lot of problems. A lot came from that sin of not waiting on God. But when she did wait on him and had Isaac, that was so blessed because that's the son that God had promised. I feel like this part of Sarah's life and story is to show us how disastrous things can turn out when we take our own life into our own hands. 
when we take a hold and we do the things that we want to do without feeling it out and seeing what God's presence wants us to do, what God's ultimate goal is for our life, do you see how disastrous things end? Do you see how like us being in charge of everything and doing the things, oh, I just want to do because I don't want to wait, it causes us to experience grief later on. This is why we must give God entire control of our circumstances because he's the only one who is all-knowing and he knows what each one of those decisions affects in the future. We have no way of knowing that. Even with all this AI intelligence and all that, like there's nothing you can ask them to say, hey, AI, whatever, chat, whatever. What is my life going to be tomorrow? Siri can't tell you that. Alexa can't tell you that. She can tell you the weather, but God is the only one who knows what your future holds. So this is why he's the only one you can trust with that. You can't even trust yourself or your spouse or anyone else. You have to put God first and know that when we acknowledge him as the almighty one, he will control our future in the most perfect way. Sarah grew desperate from waiting on God and worked out a plan of her very own. And then she experienced the consequences of that plan forever. But God never held that over her. He still gave her a son of her very own, just like he had promised. Do you see that grace? Do you see the magnitude of God's love for his children? Oh my gosh, I do. (laughs) I see it. I see how much he loves and he still does what he says he's going to do, even though you're like, no, I'm not going to let it go right now. And he's like, okay, you just do you. You do you, boo. And I'm going to be here tomorrow to clean up the pieces. And then I'm going to do the plan that I had for your life. And it's going to be great. I remember growing up and then just being hearing constantly about how much of an angry and stern God that God was. But I also remember coming of age and reading the Bible for myself and realizing what a giving and loving God that he is to his children. He continually gives us what we don't deserve. So just like the place I was in before I found out that I was pregnant with our third child, I had no strength left in with, within me. I was done, and it was at that point I was just able to let go and then see the glory of God go to work in my life like he never had before. But what do you think might have happened if I took matters into my own hands? If I grew weary from the journey and I just lost hope and I walked away from my faith in God completely? I don't want to think about it. I mean, you think, what do you think would happen? But I don't want to think about that. I don't want to know what would have happened because my life has always been so much better, even in the worst situations with God by my side. The comfort I feel within my soul is priceless. It's worth everything. It's worth every trial in having a relationship with Him because ultimately that's all God wants with us. He wants us to pray to Him. He wants us to ask miracles of Him. He wants to need Him, to wait for Him, to want Him, to tell Him all the all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly. He wants it all. He wants it to be us to be real in the good times and the bad. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your father. If you have a relationship with your parents or you don't, have a relationship with Him. Let Him be the one that sees it all. Depend on Him and have faith in Him and fully lean into His fatherly embrace because it's there in those moments when redemption takes place in our lives. You will feel redeemed if you place your life in His hands. I promise you will. I promise. And it might not be in that very moment, but it will over time. During this time, I found out I was pregnant with my rainbow baby and that pregnancy, I was filled with fears. 
I never had before in any of my other pregnancies. I was constantly terrified that I would lose her. I didn't end up delivering her, but I'm very thankful for all these lessons that I learned along the way and the value that was placed on her life and how important, how much more important that pregnancy was to me than any one of them had ever been before because I saw Jesus in a way that I had never seen Him before. I saw those babies as a true gift from God because He's the creator of them like I had never before. Friends, in this episode, I know I jumped right in and I didn't even chat about the greenhouse or anything in here, but I just felt like it was important to get right to it today. And I hope that in something I said, you can find help through that. I hope that you feel God's loving embrace through your difficulty. I feel, I hope that hearing the story of my redemption, you can relate to that and it gives you hope for your own redemption to get through whatever battle you're facing. I love you, friends, so much. I love you so much. I do. I'm here for you. I love you. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. And I'll see you next time in the greenhouse.